everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara, with episode 145, the Pluto return of the USA. So in this podcast, I've decided it's such a deep subject. I mean, you know, Pluto, right? No surface water cooler talk here, not with Senor Pluto. Um, anyway, we're going to be um, delving into this, um, probably make two or three, part one, two, and three, or just part one and two about this. In this episode, I'm going to talk about what is what does it mean when Pluto returns in anybody's chart, or in this case, it's, it's the country, because it really, unless you're 248 years old, you're not going to see another Pluto return, right? But I'll explain all of that and what this means in mundane astrology, which is the astrology of nations, and cities, towns, and you know, governmental entities. Those are it's all considered mundane astrology. So I'll describe what it is, the dates, and a little bit about the archetypes. Kind of get laying the foundation here um, for the archetypes of Pluto and the archetypes of, of Capricorn, since it's happening. It's been in the sign of Capricorn many years, and what this means. And then in the other episodes, I'll get into the uh, history behind uh, Pluto returns throughout world history. And, um, and then the, the, the chart of the United States on the 20th of February when this first occurs. So, um, so yeah, that's what it's gonna look like. Okay, so let's dive in. Uh, the Pluto return. Pluto is, as we know, the farthest planet in the solar system. And it takes about 248 years for it to go through an entire uh, trip around the sun. So it only takes this, the earth one year, you know, to go around the sun, while it takes uh, Saturn about 27 to 29 years. And the further out we go, of course, the, the further, you know, the uh, longer it takes. Well, by the time we get to Pluto, it's about 248 years. So we don't see a Pluto return in our lifetime. You know, like I said, unless you're one of those yogis in India that lived three or 400 years, you know, you, they, those guys would see it, but you know, they're not talking about that stuff. <laughs> they're transcendent, they're beyond all of this. So a Pluto return is, uh, the sun is going to, uh, sorry, Pluto is going to be coming back to the same point it was when the United States was founded. So July 4th, 1776, um, most people use 5.10 p.m., obviously Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, that is, we're gonna be using what's called the Sibley chart, which is the most uh, popular version. There are different charts. Um, and I, one of these days, I tell you, it's on my to-do list to look at it through the uh, different arising sign, but I, I haven't gotten to that yet. Um, but anyway, we're gonna be using the Sibley chart. And, um, and so, what we're here to, to say is that um, when Pluto comes back, if a nation, like we are old enough, you know, as a nation to, to see this Pluto return, this is the first time in history this is happening. Um, and so this is a big deal. And you might've heard about the Pluto return, you know, bandied about in conversation. Um, but anyway, the USA Pluto is at 27 degrees Capricorn, 33 minutes. So we are at 27 degrees right now. It'll be exactly 33 minutes precise on February 20th. So it's coming up. And um, so the Pluto will make three passes over that 27 degree point. It'll pass the first time it will be February 20th, the exact degree in minute. 
Then it will retrograde back and sweep over on July 11th. Interesting, only a week after our actual 4th of July. And then one more time on December 28th. So um, when you think about Pluto, you know, the Pluto return is like, you know, you can think of it as like the chickens coming home to roost, Pluto in the sign of Capricorn. It's, it's um, basically, in, in short, Pluto in Capricorn is the complete breakdown of society as we know it, society, civilization, um, you know, governments, you know, it's a complete restructuring and it's looking at toxic elements that have been hidden or, um, you know, not discussed, kind of shoved under the rug. And so there's a lot of unearthing that happens um, in, in the sign of Capricorn. So um, let's talk first about the archetype of Pluto. So there's this, when we understand the archetype, then we can understand, you know, what is happening and, and putting it in a context so that we can make sense of this. So um, I want to say first, though, Pluto first entered the sign of Capricorn in, in this lifetime, um, was um, back in, was it 2008, 2009, it was at zero degrees of Capricorn, right? So it's almost at the end, 29 degrees of Capricorn coming next year, almost at the end of its ride through Capricorn. And um, so the archetype, let's look at the archetype of Pluto. This, um, as we've seen since 2008, what have we seen? Okay, Pluto is about plutoc plutocracy, the word rule by the wealthy. So we have been seeing this. Uh, I remember clearly that the whole Lehman Brothers, remember that G General Motors and Lehman Brothers went down on Wall Street, there was a big all that scandal and then even the mortgage crisis, you know, that's all very government, people in power, Saturn ruling Capricorn, real estate, right? So you see these large ships and fundamental unearthing of whatever is toxic and, and criminal too, you know, as, as we've seen there and the, the, the buyouts and the billionaires buying out, uh, you know, General Motors and propping that up and, all of that work by the people in the power elite is all of, is what Pluto rules. So Pluto in the sign of Capricorn is this massive restructuring of Saturn ruled things, society, land, real estate, things of that nature. So let's look at the archetype because when we, when we understand that it really can, can gel. So if we look at the archetype and the mythology of Pluto, it, it's, it gives us our clues. So, um, you know, Pluto um, considered Lord of the underworld, right? Um, the Lord of hell, some people refer to him as. Uh, the Roman name, um, it was Pluto, but Hades in, in the Greek, hate the world of Hades. So um, Hades in the Greek mythology, Pluto in Roman. Originally, um, originally the Lord of the underworld was actually a lady. <laughs> it was a woman in the Sumerian and Babylonian um, mythologies, uh, Pluto was ruled by Ereshkigal. So, um, and she had a very similar, it's a similar archetype to the Gorgon Medusa. She was this fearsome, scary looking chick with, you know, wild, like the hair with the snakes and, you know, just, just, just really, and her mouth was like dripping maggots, you know, she was just really intense, right? That's, that's Pluto for you, right? Nothing, nothing cutesy here. No, no American greetings, you know, teddy bear cards or anything, you know, no stuffed animals. This, this, this is hardcore. And uh, anyway, um, 
Ereshkigal was the tormentor of Ishtar, or also known as Inanna, who is the goddess of the planet Venus. So, lot, right, torment, right? That's definitely a hallmark signature of, of, of uh, Pluto. Um, eventually, Ereshkigal was dethroned by Nergal, who was associated with Mars. He was a Marsy type of architecture, the warrior. Um, he would, um, you know, uh, storm the dead after consuming the land of the living, you know, a very, um, you know, intense life and death things. And I want you to remember that because when you think about death and like even the whole idea of what our society, we are really stepping back and go, what is our society made of? What is What are the foundations that we've been living out of? Well, when you think about Pluto ruling oil, like petroleum oil, and the fact that our world has lived, think about that we have consumed death, right? So Pluto, death and rebirth, right? So the death part is like, you know, we, we've, we've taken oil from the earth. Well, what is that? Dead dinosaurs. So we've been running our world on dead animals, you know, our, our cars and, and trains and things. Everything's powered by dead animals. And then so much of the, of the for, for centuries, you know, eating meat, dead animals. We're eating dead animals and we're riding around fueled by dead animals. Yeah, it's intense, right? This is an in-your-face Pluto conversation. So when you think about the fact that these resources are all, you know, it, it's very Plutonian to take these down and really examine this in the shadow for, for what it is. Um, but when the part about Nergal, you know, storming the dead after conquering the land of the living, you know, when you think about that storming the dead, like, oh, let's, let's suck that oil out of the well and, you know, the, let, let's run everything over and, you know, rape the earth. And as, as we have done for so many centuries, misusing natural resources, um, you know, and just plowing through uh, these things. And, and obviously we're at a real breaking point with all that, but the um, that whole idea about storming the dead, uh, you know, really, really captivates me. And it's definitely a part of this, this archetype. Um, the land of the dead versus the land of the living. Um, ultimately, um, after compromise, Ereshkigal and Nergal in the mythology, they both ruled the underworld. So you had feminine and masculine energy. Um, like I said, in the Greek mythology, name was Hades. Um, Zeus gave Hades rulership of the underworld. So um, there's a very much about silent. The underworld, there's no noise. There's no, there's not people, right? There's dead people, souls, right? The souls in the underworld after they die. So it's a very silent place. And, and Homer called it the land of the shades. So we think we associate Pluto with the shadow. And when you think about like with the word plutocracy comes, you know, Pluto, that's the wealth. It's rule, ruled by the wealthy, the billionaires, the Jeff Bezoses and the uh, Elon Musks and all those, all those dudes, um, tycoons, billionaires. When you think about it too, talk about silence. You know, they don't talk about their wealth. They're not bragging and running their mouth about how much money we do find out in the news, of course, but they're not walking around doing that. And, you think about the, the concept of money and wealth and, you know, and we grew up in our societies, like our mothers would say, you know, don't talk about money. You don't go up to somebody and go, how much money do you make? You know, it's like, oh, there's, there's just this privacy, this silence and this privacy around wealth and money and power, right? It's, it's not to be spewed out and chatted. It's like 
held on. Um, so there is that whole concept of wealth. The, uh, the shadow, of course, would be, be given that Pluto rules the underworld, corruption, darkness, criminality, you know, thinking about the mafia, you know, that kind of, that's very Plutonian. Um, Persephone was the wife of Hades in Greek mythology, and you might be familiar with that whole, um, you know, that according to the story, she was taken by uh, Pluto to uh, Hades to the underworld, taken from her mother, and you know, lived down there. And her mother was is completely, of course, beside herself, losing her daughter. And they and eventually hammered out a compromise where. Half the year she'd go up, you know, I think they took it to Zeus. Okay, guys, you know, you gotta help us out here. So half the year she would be in the upper, you know, in the world, physical, and then the other half in in um, the underworld. So that gives us spring when when Persephone returns, you know, and everything comes alive again. And then in the winter, the underworld below the ground. Um, so she becomes queen of the underworld for like half a year. And they, so, you know, you've got this male, female, um, you, when you think about, and there's these very lavish, you know, Baroque paintings about, you know, the rape of Persephone. And you, you can go and look at these, these pictures of, you know, here, here's this chariot dragging this woman off, you know. So there's this connection about women and bondage and slavery and rape and, um, you know, obsession. He was obsessed with her, right? So all of those things are very tied in with the Pluto archetype. When you think about, you know, people obsessed with making a billion dollars or a trillion dollars, you know, this, this, this seemingly never ending quest for power and sex too. It's like sex, money, and power, right? It's all root chakra. Uh, so, um, you know, there is, there is that whole, I, I think about in the, um, in the last year that you, probably heard about this, that something like nine people became billionaires last year out of the out of the pandemic. Nine people made billions, right? So getting rich off of illness and disease. Again, there's that theme about, you know, storming the dead or, you know, sick, dying people, um, you know, not to get into a conversation about COVID, this, that, and the other, but it's that whole concept around money and power and control. We'll just leave it at that. Um, well, I think too around the, uh, there's this project that came out in, in 2019 uh, when it was the 400th anniversary of the first slave ship um, in the United States coming from Africa. And it's called the 1619 Project. And so you can look that up if you haven't heard. It's supposed to be an, an incredible, like award-winning podcast. I don't know if it's still on. I hope it is, but I, I think there was some kind of controversy. I think Trump was trying to shut it down or, and I don't know if it actually happened, but uh, brilliant people that are talking about slavery and society and how racism is so intertwined and embedded in our society, like to the point where so much of it is blind to us. So that's a very Plutonian concept, the shadow, the blind spots that we have around these deep, intense conversations about life and death, very penetrating, in psychological penetrating um, archetype, right? So um, that's the Babylonian, Sumerian, the, the Greek mythology. And then in the Vedic, in the Vedic tradition of India and Tibet, uh, Pluto is represented as Shiva. So the God, the destroyer. So there's the creator, preserver, destroyer. 
preserver I know is Vishnu. He preserves, who is the creator? Slipping my mind. Ah, was it Krishna? But I know the, um, the uh, preserve, and then the aspect of life that destroys in order to rebuild, right? So it's, it's that honoring that cycle of life that things are, that go to the underworld that can, so that they can be reborn. So I would say the three of the most powerful keywords we can relate with with Pluto is, well, besides death, you know, um, because of death, reprogramming, reprogramming, rediscovering, unearthing things about ourselves, perhaps some unconscious, deeply rooted unconscious patterns around our in Capricorn, you know, family history and lineage and, and such in society at large. Um, but reprogram, rediscover, and renew. So the reason Pluto takes things down is because it it has been it's past its expiration point. When you have Pluto in your transiting Pluto, in a, 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 either a planet that's lining up with Pluto in your chart, your own natal Pluto, or you have transiting Pluto connecting um, in your chart with another planet, you feel it. It is definitely the end of something where that expiration date is like, uh, use by date, we're past it, gotta go. Um, I like to use the, the, the um, idea of, a, of, a, of a, a volcano where this volcanic purging, this deep emotional cathartic experience that purges the lava from deep within, it's bringing light forward. It's pressure, it's that pressure cooker that boom, bursts out and destroys everything in its path. You know, you've seen a, a volcanic, the sides of a volcano, uh, there are no trees or anything growing. The lava has destroyed everything. And then a few months later, grass starts growing, trees eventually start growing. But the grass, if you Google photographs, the color of the grass is this incredibly bright green, this vibrant, almost uh, luminescent green. And so that's a perfect metaphor for what we're talking about here, things that have to be destroyed in order for new things to come up. And the new society that's emerging now is a society that is going to be sustainable. So Pluto will not tolerate things that are not sustainable, like having you know all these billionaires i'm nothing wrong with money it's wonderful wealth consciousness right on and if that is happening at at the at the expense of people not eating and homeless people and hungry people dying of hunger and, and what have you that's where pluto's like okay this is not working this is not a world that works for everyone so we got to do something we're going to dismantle this and rebuild so um colonialism, capitalism, you know, the, 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 these, these practices that have capitalism having been usurped for the rich, you know, the, the idea on paper is like, oh, what a great idea. Everybody gets to, you know, create their reality. And then you find out that the game has been rigged and it has gotten, the rigged aspect has gotten worse over the years where, and you can, you know, very, very uh, tons of evidence out there with the, the, number of wealthy people hoarding more and more of the world's wealth by fewer and fewer people. That's a plutocracy. And Pluto and Capricorn is saying, this has got to stop, right? It is not sustainable. We can't keep going like this. So the, um, the idea of 
we are at this point um, of change and turn. Uh, let's see, um, Capricorn, let's chat a little bit about that. And then I, I will also talk about how, I don't know if it's this one or next episode, but how to propitiate Pluto. Because, you know, this is not, you don't call in, hello, Pluto, come on in my life. No, I would not recommend that. You know, that's like saying, come on, wrecking ball, hit me, you know, hit me with your best shot. No, you don't want to do that. It will do it anyway. We don't have a choice in the matter. You know, it's coming for us, whether you like it or not, you might as well just move with it and allow and accept and honor the difficulty and the and the intense transformation, showing respect for that, the power of destruction and the power of renewal. Um, but anyway, so on to the archetype of Capricorn. Um, Capricorn is, of course, you know, it's the sea goat, and it is ruled by, uh, the symbol of it is, is ruled by Saturn. And so um, the archetype of, of Capricorn is about, you know, public image and uh, individuals, families, um, the public image of individuals, but in this mundane sense, we're talking about societies, family lineages, uh, civilization at large, politics, things of that, the governments. Um, and, you know, when, when you think about the, um, you know, Saturn um, related with the, um, with the father, um, this, you know, patriarchal, the patriarchy, the patriarchal archetype, um, protective of, um, very much about maintaining the status quo. Let us hang on to tradition. Let us, you know, conserve. It's all about conservation and conserving and maintaining the status quo. Um, it's an earth sign. Capricorn is an earth sign. So it's a, it's a cardinal earth sign. So it's leadership and change and movement forward. It is, um, it's about materialism. And like I said, colonialism, the, the physical earth world, the wealth of the earth. Uh, control over the earthly realm. Um, I would say too, it's interesting. Most people don't think of Saturn or Capricorn in this way, but it's um, you know physical mastery over sexual appetites. Believe it or not, um, when, when you think about um, there was a Roman feast of Saturnalia, um, which takes place uh, when the the sun is in Capricorn at the end of December, right? And this was a really a month long feast, but it was this pagan Roman pagan feast where it went on for weeks, this wild Dionysian partying in excess. Well, when you think about that part of the world, Northern hemisphere, winter, right? Everything is cold and hard and, you know, it's cold out and the trees don't have their leaves. And so this is about bursting forth, right? With the solstice, the turning point where the sun, you know, we start heading back to the longer days. And so be, in contrast to that, that cold, dark, repressed Saturnian weather environment of that season, the Romans would, you know, get crazy and, you know, all bets are off, right? It was just this wild Dionysian Bacchanalian feast. So this would represent a physical mastery. You know, Capricorn is all about mastery and discipline and focus and and hard work and um, so physical mastery over sexual appetites, you could say. Um, certainly that was the case with Saturnalia. Um, I would say to a latent sexuality, like from like underneath a stern cold exterior, you know, um, what's underneath that? And it, it, when I'm writing my notes for this, I remembered this conversation I had many, many years ago when I lived in New York and I had, was leaving my job and taking a year off or something to um, to go to Europe. 
and I'd never been, I'd never been to Europe. So uh, a, a friend of mine, um, her name was Gail, I can still remember she was British and she had grown up in Oxford and she took me out to lunch before I left for this amazing trip. I was so excited. I was in my twenties. I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to just have a blast. And I asked her about, um, or she, she talked to me about, well, you need to understand like culturally, you know, the British, she called it, and, and it's just, wasn't her exact um the british reserve and i'm like okay what is this british reserve you know how you talk about the stiff upper lip well you know the uk it's a capricorn country right so there it is ruled by saturn stiff upper lip you know doing the right thing tradition right you know like everybody carries their little brawly around you know it's tea time tea at four you know you can see how it's very steeped in the culture and she she said to me you know uh, regarding guys uh, well, you know, just know that there's, you know, this thing called the British Reserve. I'm like, well, I, you know, that's going to be boring. You know, I want to like go out and party. I'm like, I don't want some, somebody being a, you know, wet blanket. And, and she said, oh, no, no, don't worry. The, the, you know, on the outside, they're very polite and very, you know, reserved and all that. And that's true. But really, when you get to know them, they're, they're you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> You're going to, and she was right. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. So, yeah. Um, but again, you know, that whole Capricornian thing about the external stern, cold exterior, but then the, the opposite, when you think about the, the Saturn and the sun opposite, you know, opposite uh, signs and contra, contrariety. Can I say that correctly? Ancient astrology term. Um, so it's the stern and coldness of the of Saturn and then the warmth of the sun. And so that underneath is that passion and wildfire. So that's the sign of Capricorn. So Pluto in the sign of Capricorn, you know, put them together. Um, we have this breakdown of society and unearthing of truths and visiting and, and really seeing our shadow, seeing the blind spots in our society. You know, we're talking mundane here. So seeing what, what has been so it's like the fish swimming in dirty water, like you don't see it, you know, and, and racism for sure would be one of the loudest examples of that uh, with, with the way in which um, it, it just becomes so, uh, you know, so much of it is, is just uh, buried and, and not even made conscious. If one, if there's one thing that happened with the with when George Floyd, when that, that whole uh, thing happened with his, his murder, um, uh, it was it really, I remember going, wow, you know, my parents, it was cool. Like they always taught us to be fair and all that. But then there were levels that were revealed um, at that time that were like, oh my God, you know, like, like it, it was still like this, this kind of veil that's collectively over everybody about what that means and, and how, uh, how deeply embedded these, um, principles are that uh, that we were not aware of the, the level and the depth we just don't want to go there it's too painful or it's whatever I would say too Pluto rules the pain body you know it's all about the pain body and so the collective pain body of our society and when you think about the fact that on in 1776 you know the, the Pluto and Capricorn I remember reading that they were, when they were hammering out the um, Declaration of Independence, they, um, of course, there was slavery at that time. And there was many of the signers were, were fighting it out and duking out saying, look, we, all men are creative equal. We, we can't have slavery. This is crazy. This is such a hypocrisy. And then you know, they fought it and fought it and fought it. And then they finally, they gave in. But 
Um, and, and that and that is the ultimate hypocrisy. You know, the fact that we're here we are declaring independence from Britain, which we, we were so pissed off at, you know, for for usurping us and using us and taxing and taking, you know, again, that, that conversation about what was it, the line of, um, uh, you know, storming the dead after storming the dead after conquering the land of the living. So that conquering the land of the living, conquering that conquering Capricorn energy of take and take and take and, you know, rob the wealth of the country. And then we were so done with that. We're like, well, we don't want to be used. But then we turn around and we, we had slavery, you know, so it, 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 there is that shadow and the hypocrisy and it's, it's, it's all right there. And if anything, this Pluto return is bringing up this pain, this collective pain body of the ego of, of humanity, of, you know, racism, women, right? I mean, oh, all men are creative equal. Notice we said men. What about women? Mm, didn't go there. We didn't get the right to vote till what, a hundred years ago? Hello. You know, so there again, it was like so invisible. Indigenous, Black, Indigenous peoples and women were like shut out of that. We're supposed to be this free country, but it wasn't. So all of this now is getting corrected. And it's very, it's, it's a very unsettling time, but it's very exciting because we're all discovering, we're going to this land of the unknown, going to that underworld, discovering things about ourselves, and then bringing forth those realizations to create a better society. So uh, that was the, um, yeah, that, that's my um, little spiel, the archetypes um, for this particular talk. And I would say, um, yeah, on the next one, I'll probably talk about remedies and such. Um, and for sure, the, um, the charts, we, we got some really exciting conversations and discoveries that I want to share with you that are uh, really um, pretty amazing. And like I said, this is this is a big month, you know, with our sun Saturn, um, sun conjunct Saturn and the new moon, right? Saturn, there it is, government, you know, the very ruler of, of the Pluto transit is Saturn. So we are very getting very serious around this and it is definitely bringing up enormous changes. By the way, in the, um, let me just show you real quick here, sharing my screen. Um, just a second, just coming back. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Um, my thank you, Mercury retrograde. Uh, my astro astrological software went kaput again, and there were like fifteen uh, crashes, and I'm done. So I had to go. Good old astro.com. Thank you, you wonderful folks. Astro-seek.com, by the way, is another fantastic website. These people are from. Switzerland, astro.com, and I believe the Netherlands for astro-seek.com. But if you need a free chart uh, drawn up and written up, they, they both are the most accurate sites that I have seen. Uh, if you want to know how to make English out of this, you just email me, of course. <laughs> but anyway, um, what I want to show you here is here's February 20th, the USA chart. We have Sag rising. And as you can see here, this, this Pluto return is happening in the second house which is the money house, second and eighth houses are money houses. So this is the resources of our country. And you know you can see the secrecy that was built into that uh, with Pluto in that second, when you think about pow rich, powerful, white European men who are landowners, you know, those are the really the ones 
when they said all men are created equal, it's like, okay, all white Protestant men who owned land, you know, little qualifier, right, were created equal. So here comes Pluto again saying, eh, thank you for sharing, we're done. Um, but here, as you can see here, there is Pluto lining up with natal Pluto, 2733 degrees. I'm going to get more into that when um, on, our, on our next videos, but I, I have to say that what's also fascinating is that the planet of Neptune, we are also, at the same time that's happening, we are in a Neptune, it's called a Neptune opposition. What that means is when the USA was born, see here, here's Neptune the planet of visioning and dreams and idealism and devotion, right? And in the sign of uh, Virgo, we in the 160, whatever, no, I'm sorry, 248 years, it has now come around and it is in um, opposition. So we have the transits outer ring, the moving planets, right? The current weather, it is opposing Natal, natal Neptune. So it's a Neptune opposition. So this is dissolution of dreams and work, our work and our daily service and all of that is, is all happening as this Pluto return is happening. But like I said, we'll get more into that in the, the next video. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. Um, yeah, some pretty trippy things happening. And um, so I will, we will cut back with the next, our next round and how to remedy and, you know, how to work with Pluto. This is the, I want these to be very, um, you know, boots on the ground, things that you can use in your life. So um, I hope that you enjoyed that. I, and that's all I have for today. And uh, thank you so much for listening. If you need a ch chart reading, if you want to know where is Pluto in your chart and what kinds of transformations are occurring in your life and, and what that will look like through the next year or two, certainly give me a holler. Irliana at starsoundastrology.com is my email address and starsoundastrology.com is the website. So yay. All right, my dears, uh, much love to you all and uh, have a great one. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. Thank you all for listening. Namaste.